Amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and uh, uh, grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn to me to John 14. Hopefully you all knew that's where we were going to be. If you were uh, either watching us last week and or you were here last week, John 14. Let's go ahead and turn right there. Uh, John 14. Uh, if you're watching online, uh, if you're out of town, on vacation, whatever it may be, uh, go ahead and hit that share button. This is really, really important what we're going to talk about today. Uh, anytime we open God's Word, it's important, but I want to make sure that we are on the same page here because we are following up from what we talked about last week. Uh, so John 14, John 14, uh, we're going we're gonna to just read one verse from last week uh, that we, that we kind of started on and stayed there just for that one verse. We'll be at John 14, 15. Uh, so if you're there, say, I'm there. Okay, and we're going to put it on the screen as well. Here we go. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Let's read it all together. Here we go. If you love me, keep my commandments. Read it one more time. If you love me, keep my commandments. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what you're doing, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, this is such an important message. Because Lord God, as we talked about last week, it is not about rules. It is not about lists. It is about love. And so Lord God, if it's about love, we need to figure out how we uh, can, can make sure that love stays in the forefront. That is always the primary motivation in anything and everything that we do in our Christian life. And so, Lord God, I just pray for every single person in this room, every single person that's watching online. Lord God, we have a choice to make right now. Are we going to open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to hear what you have to say? Or are we going to ignore them and allow distractions or other things to get in the way of what you're trying to tell us and show us and help us with today? And so, Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. title of the message today is, What's Your Motivation? Part 2. Okay? What's Your Motivation? Part 2. We'll kind of review from last week, and then we'll pick up into the message uh, this week. But last week, we talked a lot about the list. Say that we one, two, three, the list. Remember I put up here this whiteboard and we made all these li a list of all these different things that we're supposed to do as a Christian, okay? And so we made the list and we talked about what 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 a supposed to motivation leads to. We talked about how we're going to be forcing it. That we're going to just do it in our I man I'm going to I know I'm supposed to do these things, so I'm going to just force it, but forcing it led to frustration. And some of y'all have felt that, know what I'm talking about. And before and then we, and when that wasn't working, what we started doing, we started faking it. Because I'm just going to act like I'm doing these things. I'm going to put on the happy face and, and I'm going I'm to kind of fake my way through Christianity. But faking it called, led to fatigue because trying to be something you're not is exhausting. And then we talked about how after that wasn't work, eventually what we just do, we just forget it. I'm just going to forget it. This whole living the Christian life, doing what I'm supposed to do, all kinds of stuff, I'm just going to forget that, leave it alone, all that kind of stuff. And then that led to failure. And we came to the conclusion, I believe, last week, that the list is a horrible motivation. Can I get an amen? A horrible motivation. Just doing things because we're supposed to do it was a horrible motivation. And so we started talking about a little bit last week, and we'll pull, put more into it this week, is really a better motivation is love. Say love. Love. Love is always a better motivation than the list. And so last week we talked about some action steps we were going to do over this past week. And so I hope you did that, okay? Because there, there are some things, and I'll tell some stories about where I did well and where I didn't go well. But we talked about we're going to check our motivations of what we do. 
What we do, what, the things that we do, we need to step back and say, why am I doing these things? We've got to check our motivations. Then we talked about how we're going to memorize John 14, 15. Can you say it with me? Don't, even, don't, even put, on, don't put it on the screen. Don't put it on the screen. Let's try it. Here we go. John 14, 15. Ready? One, two, three. If you love me, keep my commandments. And the reason why we memorized that, because we wanted to make sure when it came to the commandments and trying to do the supposed to stuff, that we were going to wait. Hold on. Wait a second. Let me make sure I'm doing this out of love, not just trying to complete a list. And then the final thing I challenged you with is I just wanted to encourage you to go from 1415 and read all the way down to verse 28. Basically finish out the chapter every single day. And I did that this week. And what was really cool about that, every single time I read it, God showed me something. God helped me with something. God helped me to see, okay, this is what it means to, to have a motivation of love. This is what it means to have a motivation of love. Now, some of y'all didn't do that, and I wish you had of, because you really missed on a tremendous blessing because God wants to speak to you through his word. And so here's what happened. So what we talked about last week was that we were going to talk about this week how to keep love the primary motivation. Now, when you hear how, you think steps. And steps sound like what? A what? A list. And it sounds like rules. And so what happens is we get so caught up now. Okay, Buchanan, I know primary, the primary motivation is love, so how do I do that? But what we're going to talk about today, it's not necessarily about keeping love as the primary motivation. It's not so much about a how, it's about a who. Not so much about a how, it's about a who. So let's, let's, kind of, let's kind of go with this a little bit and see if we can kind of figure out exactly how do we keep love, the primary motivation of being able to keep the commandments that we have in Scripture, okay? Just some context. We didn't talk about the context last week, so you know where we are in Scripture. What Jesus is talking about these things to his disciples right after the Passover, okay? He's had the Passover meal, and he's telling them, hey, I'm about to leave. I'm about to go. And they don't really understand how this whole thing is going to go because like, hey, God, like you were triumphal entry coming in. Looks like we're about to rule and reign. And now you're saying you're going to have to leave us. And, and these are Jesus' final words to the disciples. And they're really troubled by the news they're getting. So that's kind of the context of it. But here's what we're going to do. If you're taking notes, the first thing we're going to write down is the Holy Spirit's place. Because that's the who we're going to talk about today. The Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit's place. The Holy Spirit's place. We were focusing on a how, but we really need to be focusing on a who. Let's pick up in verse, let's, pick up, let's start at verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another what? Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Okay, another, the word another does not mean something different. It means, this, it means another of the same kind. So Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to give you something. I, I, I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you something that is just like me. And what he is going to do is he's going to abide with you forever. That word abide means to dwell. Okay. So Jesus is saying, hey, I've got to leave, but I'm going to give you a, a, someone of the same kind, a comforter. And by the way, notice it's a capital C, comforter. It's a person, okay, a, 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 a personal pronoun there, okay, that he... And he may abide with you forever, that he may dwell with you forever. Let's keep going, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth, notice that Spirit is capitalized again, okay? Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be what? 
in you. So not only is this comfort they're talking about, this, this, this Holy Spirit is going to come and not only is going to dwell with the disciples and with us, but shall be in us. Notice in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That, that word comfortless means without comfort or without anything to alleviate misfortune or distress. Basically what he's trying to say is like, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. And he said he would, he would come to us. He would come, to, I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In verse 19, yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live, I live ye shall live also. Cool verse in verse 20. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Now the word at that day is basically talking about the resurrection. Okay? So at the resurrection there was going to be something that was going to start to change. And when they, when they got to Pentecost they were going to see that change. But notice what's happening here. Is this whole Jesus is in God. Okay? Jesus is in God. We are in Jesus and Jesus is in us. Does that make sense? Okay, so kind of picture that relationship a little bit. All right, it's, so Jesus is in God, and then we are in Jesus, and then Jesus is in us. So from the standpoint of what we're looking at here, there's this this all encompassing, all together that as as Jesus as as we're in Jesus, Jesus is in God, and then and then Jesus is in us, and this whole circle's going along about we are completely from the standpoint of we have we're in Him and He's in us. Okay? And the reason why I'm, why I'm putting so much emphasis on this is we need to understand the Holy Spirit's place in our life. Because one, one thing I will say um, is, in order re, reason why it's very simple what I'm saying, but we need to understand and believe that if we, are, we have put our faith and trust in Jesus, that means that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. You have the Holy Spirit. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday. And I don't know what it is about, but it seems like uh, different denominations focus on a different part of the Trinity. Okay? There, there are some people that, that are, put a lot of emphasis on God the Father. Okay? The, 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 more, the more liturgical, that kind of thing. The, 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 those guys, very much God the Father. Then you have people that are kind of on the, on, the, on the more charismatic side of things, and they focus all on the Holy Spirit, okay? And then I guess we, we kind of go in the middle, and we, we focus all on Jesus. But what we have to understand is that God is, is, is one in three, three in one, the Trinity, okay? God the Father is important, Jesus is important, and the Holy Spirit is important as well. And for whatever reason, the Baptist church, we're like, oh, Holy Spirit, that's that spooky thing, all that kind of stuff. No, it's nothing spooky. It's something that we all receive at salvation. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay, so you have, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, right now, at this very moment, you have the Holy Spirit. On Conversely about this, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus, that means you do not have the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, the reason I'm saying that is because the Holy Spirit is the game changer from the standpoint of being able to do what you need to do from the standpoint of the commandments and to have motivation of love. The Holy Spirit is a game changer. So, and we can talk about these things, but you need to have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, that means you don't have Him. You you have not been saved. You do not have a home in heaven. That means you 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 are in a place of condemnation right now. And 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 God wants to help you in your life, and He wants to help you by giving you the Holy Spirit. But you have to put your faith and trust in Him. Okay. 
But we need to understand, okay, I have the Holy Spirit. So if you're saved, say that with me. I have the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. I have the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I have the Holy Spirit. If I put my faith and trust in Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit. Now, number two, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit's purpose. The Holy Spirit's purpose. Okay? Write that down. Okay? So we, so we have a Holy Spirit. The place is, is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. Okay? We in Christ. Christ in us. All right? Holy Spirit's purpose. Let's look at verse 21. He that hath my commandments, notice it says hath, not does, okay? All right? That we have them, we possess them, okay? He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is it that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him. Notice this whole thing of that, okay, we have his love, we're going to love the Father, or we're, we're going to love Jesus, Father's going to love us, all that kind of stuff. And I will love him and will, ma- will manifest myself to him. Will manifest myself to him. Now, here's what's interesting about this, is that God wants to make himself real in your life. See, what's, what happens is God becomes an idea to us. But God wants to make himself real. That's what the word manifest means. It means to make apparent or real. But here's here's the problem. God doesn't feel real in our life. God doesn't feel real in our life. I'll use the example. Okay, An orphan has a mother and a father. Do you all understand that? An orphan has a mother and a father. But to them, their mother and father doesn't seem real. Okay? And the reason why it doesn't, they don't seem real is because there's no, starts with another R, relationship. There's no relationship. Because they, 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 have, they, they have a mother and father, but it doesn't seem real because they lack a relationship. But here's the deal. God does not, want to, does not have a desire for us to feel like spiritual orphans. He wants, he wants you to know that he is alive and active in your life. He wants you to know that. And the reason why I'm saying this is that so many people I've come up with, I've come up to, and, and for whatever reason, their faith is not really strong. Their faith is not really growing because to them, God doesn't feel real. God doesn't feel real. But yet in this, he's saying, look, I want to show myself real in your life. Y'all stay with me. I promise you I'm going somewhere. All right? Notice, it, notice this in verse 22. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest? How is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Basically, what he's saying is like, look, hey, what, you know, you're going to show yourself to us, but why are you not going to show yourself to the world? Because here, y'all need to understand this. They thought, here's the Messiah, here is King. He's going to establish the kingdom right now at this place, and that was probably really the plan until they rejected him. Okay, but but they're like, hey, you're going to supposed to set up your kingdom, and so you need to show the whole entire world. But yet, you're just saying you're going to manifest yourself to us. And then notice what he says. Notice what he says. Okay, in verse 23. Because it really, Jesus doesn't answer the question, but in a way he does. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come, we, notice that we, the Trinity, here we go, we will come unto him and make our abode, our dwelling, with him. Because it doesn't seem like he answers the question, yet he is answering the question by pointing to what he is doing in us. 
that here's how Jesus is going to manifest himself. Not by getting up on, on a mountain and saying, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm God, I'm Jesus, I'm king. Here we go, worship me. No, the way he's going to do it is he's going to manifest himself through us. Through us. One thing that was kind of interesting when I was reading this week is that what we need to understand is that love is the root, but obedience is the fruit. Love is the root, but obedience is the fruit. See, he wants to, to manifest himself. He wants, he wants not only for you to see that God is real, but for people to see that God is real in your life by the fact of how you live out your life motivated by, what's that L word? Love. So that, so that when, when, when his love manifests itself through our life, that not only does God seem real to us, but God seems real to other people as well. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It says he will come, we will come and abode to dwell or, or, or reside, take up residence. He has made a permanent dwelling place there. Like, here's what I want to encourage you to, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute, but, but you have the Holy Spirit, and it's not like the Holy Spirit comes and goes. If you look at the Old Testament, you see that. The, Holy, the Spirit would come on somebody, and then he would allow them to do something, and then they would leave and come back and leave. But here's what Jesus is saying. Look, this Holy Spirit is going to come, and he's going to stay. So there's never a time when you can say, I don't have the Holy Spirit. You always have the Holy Spirit. There's never a time when you don't have the Holy Spirit if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. He has, he has put a, a dwelling place there. And, and it's so interesting to see this, but he keeps pushing to that. Like, I'm in you. I'm dwelling with you. Here I am. Let's go into verse, verse 24. He that loveth me not, notice this, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. That makes sense, right? If you don't love God, obviously you're not going to keep his sayings, okay? But you don't have the love in you because that comes to the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? All right? And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him. Oh, excuse me, I made that, but sorry. He that loveth me, verse 24, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me, verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. So he's saying these things now because I'm right here with you. Verse 26, really important verse. But the Comforter, but the Comforter, which is the what? Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now here's what's really cool about the Holy Spirit's purpose. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to teach you all things. Now how does the Holy Spirit teach you all things? One is through his word. We'll talk about this in just a minute, but here's the deal. When you were reading this week, hopefully, in John 14, and was finishing that out, here's what, here's what was happening. You were reading this, and the Spirit was saying, hey, that's good. Hey, you need that. Hey, pay attention here, okay? He's t- teaching you all things, okay? So he does it through, through his word and through his guidance. We'll talk about that in just a minute, okay? Through his guidance. And notice this, and will bring to memory anything we previously learned. Okay? We'll bring to memory anything we previously learned. So anything you've ever heard preached before, you ever notice this? You, you, you won't, and this is so cool, I think. I can't remember a lot of sermons somebody else has preached. Now, maybe you all remember every single sermon I've ever preached, right? Right? You got that marked down. You know every single one of them, right? But it's amazing to me that there will be different verses and sections of scriptures that will come to my mind when I need them. Okay? Who's doing that? 
How is that coming to my mind? Is it because I just have a really awesome mind? No, I don't think so because it seems like I forget more <laughs> than I remember, okay? But who's bringing that back to my mind? What's his name? He's the what? Holy Spirit. And he brings things to my remembrance. And, and so anything that I've learned in the past, the Holy Spirit has a way of bringing those things back up. Not only is he teaching me all the things, okay, through his word and through his guidance, but also he's bringing back to memory the things that I've even forgotten that I need, all right? Okay? Now, some of you are like, that doesn't sound anything like my Christian walk, okay? It, it's, not that, it's not that the Holy Spirit isn't working. Maybe we're just not as sensitive to him like we used to be. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks maybe, all right? But here we go. And, and what, what's interesting about this in verse 17, it talked about the spirit of truth, right? He's going to tell us all the things we need to know. So as we study the Bible, I read this in the commentary, as we study the Bible, we can trust him to plant the truths in our minds, convince us of God's will, and remind us when we stray from it. We can rely on that, that that's going to happen because of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's interesting about this. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared, prepared for them that love him. Okay? That basically, like, what, what, what God has prepared for us, we can't even wrap our minds around. We can't, we've never seen it. We've never heard it. But I'm telling you, it, it, it's amazing what God has prepared for us for, the, for them that love him. Verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his what? Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the what? Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might, this is so good, that we might what? Know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the what? Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay? Great example. If you are a lost man, you cannot understand this book. If you're a lost man, woman, child, whatever, you cannot. When you read this, it's going it's to seem boring. It's going to seem confusing. It's going to seem like it's, uh, it's, not, it's irrelevant. Okay? That's what it's going to look like to a person who's not saved. Because guess what? Your Bible is not a, 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 a your Bible is not just some book. It is a spiritual book. And in order to understand a spiritual book, we need the what? Spirit to understand the spiritual book. Like that's what's so cool about this is that so many people are like, I don't know if I'm, I can, you know, the Holy Spirit, when is he talking to me? When is he saying things? All that kind of stuff. Here's the deal. Sometimes it just from the standpoint of his word, reading it, praying, Holy Spirit, show me something. And when we say, and we earnestly say that, not just as like a whole, hey, let me just say this because it makes it sounds better. Let me make it all spiritual and stuff like that. No, when you really have a desire, Holy Spirit, show me something in your word. Guess what he does? He does what? Shows you something. He shows you something in his word. And this is what it's talking about. Like, look, in order for you to live this life called the Christian life, you cannot do it aside from the Holy Spirit. 
Let me help you with this. It's an impossibility to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit in your life. Can I get an amen? Okay, you can't. You can't. And here's what's really interesting about this. Let's talk about this list again. Let's talk about this list again, how the Holy Spirit works, okay? So my kids, my kids could get up any day they wanted to and say, hey, this is what I think I'm going to do today. And they could have all these great and wonderful plans, right? I have all these great and wonderful plans. Uh, 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 You know, my name's Raleigh, my name's Ty. I'm going to get up, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And that would be a great and wonderful plan unless who has a different plan? Me. (laughs) If I have a different plan, it doesn't matter how great their plan is because here's what my kids would love to do. I don't know about your kids. They like to sleep in as late as they want to, okay? They would also like to get up and do anything they want to, whether it be a game or whatever, all that kind of stuff. They want to eat whatever they want to, okay? They want to stay up as long as they want to, right? But yet I'm the parent and I think, okay, it's probably not a good idea for you to sleep till, till noon. It's probably not a great idea for you to be on a gaming system all day long. It's probably not a good diet for you to live on Pop-Tarts, okay? <laughs> and it's probably not a great idea for you to go to bed at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning so that you can sleep in again at noon. Now, again, I understand that the, the kids would say, that sounds like an awesome day, all right? But guess what? I'm the parent. I have to make better decisions for them, right? So I get up in the morning, and my kids have one idea of what's going to happen, but yet I have something very different. So when it comes to what we're going to do today, there's a list that needs to be made. Who makes the list? I do. I make the list because I'm the what? I'm the father. Y'all, y'all, y'all going to figure this out in just a minute, okay? Okay? Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. We live our lives as Christians like we got to go make the list. It's not my responsibility to make the list. As a Christian, it is not my responsibility to make the list. It's whose responsibility to make the list? God's. It's the Father's. It's God's responsibility to make the list. And here's the deal. He makes a list, so he tells me what to do. And here's another thing, too. He also tells me what? When to do it. Okay? Now, now, I'm going to try to, let me do it this way, okay? How many of y'all would agree with this statement? I am really good at making the simple complex (laughs) i'm really good at making the easy easy more difficult right am i the only one that feels that way how about y'all online y'all with me on this are you i'm really good hey give me something really simple and i'll figure out a way to make it complex or give me something really easy and i'll figure out a way to make it a lot more difficult for me is anybody else with me on this one maybe you sabotage yourself never mind okay maybe i'm all alone all right but, so, so, but here's the deal. We, when it comes to living the Christian life, it is very simple and it is very easy. Here's what it is. God is going to tell you what to do and when to do it through what? His what? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do and when to do it. I'll use an example. I'll use an example. I'll use an example, Okay. There, there have been times, and you know I've talked about share the gospel a lot, so uh, I'm not trying to, to pound that in even though I think that's a really good thing. But there have been times when I've gone out and I'm like, I better share the gospel this week. And I'm like, oh, i got to do, i got to do, i got to do, i got to do. And so I'm trying to find, and I'm like, i got to do it before Sunday because i got to be able to tell them and all this kind of stuff. And we're going to have DMD and they're going to ask me and all that kind of stuff. I better get to share the gospel. I better do it, I better do it, I better do it, I better do it. Okay? Because I'm supposed to do it, so I'm going to do it. And, and, and I'm not saying, like, here's the, what's bad is, like, it's Sunday. i got to have it by Sunday. So, like, Saturday, Sunday afternoon before I come in to DMD, I'm like, who can I call and get it out there? 
Now, I don't think that's exactly the way God wants it, that I'm basically waiting until the very last minute so I can check off the what? List. But there have been times, specifically, there was a time where, where Riley and I went to go hit um, uh, uh, baseball, by the way, okay? So went to go hit, and there was a guy there that we met who was a college baseball player, and we started talking about college baseball and all this kind of stuff, and he was out here from Fairview, and we started talking about church, and here's what happened. Guess, guess what? Somebody nudged me while I was having that conversation. Who do you think nudged me in that conversation? the Holy Spirit, and said, why don't you talk to him about his salvation story? And I, I, I literally looked at Riley, and I said, you know what, uh, Riley, you know what I'm about to do? And he's like, yeah, Dad. <laughs> he knew, right? He knew. But I had to do it in that moment. But here's the thing, is that what do we do? Well, well I've got to do this, so I've got to go, you know, I've got to make this happen and make this happen and make this happen and make this happen. When in reality, all I've got to do, obviously there's an importance that I need to share the gospel, so all I have to do is just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when he tells me to share the gospel, guess what I do? Share the gospel. Okay? It's just a willingness to, okay, what, God, what do you want me to do and when do you want me to do it? And when he, what he wants you to do and when he wants you to do it, when he, asks, when, he, when he puts that on you and says, okay, this is what I want you to do. Here's how easy the Christian life is. Guess what? When he tells you, when he tells you something to do and when to do it, what are we supposed to do? Just what? Do it. Like, it's really that simple. Just do, it's really that simple. Just follow the Holy Spirit. This is really interesting. James 1.5, James 1.5. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. Notice this, that give it to all men liberally. That word liberally means bountifully, freely. Notice this, and upbraideth it not and it shall be given him. That word upbraideth not means not to place shame or blame. Here's a better way to say it. God is not disappointed when you ask for his help. Let me say that again. God is not disappointed when you ask for his help. Guess what? Every time you ask for God's help, here's what he's saying. Thank you for asking for my help. Because what it says right here, he wants to give you wisdom. He wants to help you. But notice in verse 6, but let him ask in what? Faith. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Because here's the deal. When we're seeking wisdom, when we're seeking guidance, all that kind of stuff, we have to exercise. This is so good. Thank you, Jesus, so much. When we are seeking wisdom, when we we are seeking guidance, when we're seeking direction, it's going to require faith. It's going to require, and how do I, let me, let me get this to you real easily, okay? So I need wisdom, I need guidance, I need direction. I just need to ask God, okay? So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to ask God in faith, believing, believing that the Holy Spirit will guide me and direct me and give me the wisdom that I need. Does that make sense? So many times, so many times, we, 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 we go through our life kind of lost, because, because we're not, we're not we're, one is we're not willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, and or, from the standpoint, are we even willing to ask? He wants to show us and guide us and direct us and help us, but yet do, are we willing to ask? Because here's the deal, according to this verse, if we ask, He will give it freely and bountifully, and He will not be disappointed in any way, shape, or form. Here's, here's what I want to help you with. God's not going to say this, boy, that was a stupid question. <laughs> God's not going to say that. 
Every single time we ask God a question, you know what his response is going to be? Thank you for asking. Because how many times in our life do we never even ask him? How many times in our life do we never even rely on the Holy Spirit? Well, so many times in our life, we, we, we kind of go out there and do our thing, when in reality, when we're, and, and, and let's be honest, we go out and do our thing, and then we ask for God's blessing later. When God's saying, wait a second, I don't want to be somebody that you ask for the blessing afterwards. I want to be in the midst of it and help you and guide you in every single step that you take. And so he wants to teach us all things and bring things to our remembrance. Here's the application. When it comes to wisdom, now this is, the, y'all, if y'all have checked out and you're not listening anymore, please, please listen to this. When it comes to wisdom, when it comes to doing right, when it comes to keeping the commandments, we have to to listen to the right voice. Please pay attention. Online, please pay attention. If you haven't hit that share button, hit it now, okay? This is really, really important. We have to listen to the right voice. When it comes to the different circumstances and choices we face on a daily basis, we can either listen, please listen to this. We can either listen to our feelings and emotions or listen to the Holy Spirit. We can either listen to our feelings and emotions or we can listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, you may not be like this and all that kind of stuff, but unfortunately, when it comes down to a pressure-packed situation, when I don't know what to do, what I listen to a lot more than others is I listen to my feelings and my emotions more than I listen to the Holy Spirit. You're going to listen to one of the two voices. You're either going to listen to the Holy Spirit or you're going to listen to your feelings and emotions. Let me give you an example, okay? I, I had I had a, a, a situation come up this week where um, my my feelings and my emotions were on overdrive. Um, I am not a mechanic. Just to letting y'all know, okay? If y'all have car problems, do not bring it to me because I will break it <laughs> more than what you already have. I am not a mechanic, so my my car started misfiring. Okay, my truck. So I took it to my mechanic, and mechanic said these words. Buchanan, knowing what you can do, because <laughs> he knew my lack of ability, I think you can do this. Literally, I had to just change the spark plug. He said, I, it's misfired on, 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 on the, the number four, whatever that means, okay? <laughs> all right? The number, and he's like, you can take the spark plug out and all that kind of stuff. So here's the deal. So is the spark plug the coil? I go buy the spark plug and the coil. It's a, it's, it, there's four of them on each side. This one's in the very back. It's number four, very back, can't get to it, all that kind of stuff. So Monday, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to tackle this thing that the mechanic feels confident that I can do. So I open up my hood, and where it is, I'm trying, okay, do I have the right parts? Do I have the right thing? i got to get my ratchet, all kind of stuff. Okay. okay, it takes me probably 30 minutes just to get the coal off. It's one bolt. <laughs> one bolt. So then I take that. Well, now where it is, I'm, pl- I'm, I'm, I'm playing it blind. So because I, it, there's the hole that, that, that my spark plug's in. You know what I'm talking about right here, okay? Holding part, but I'm having to get that wrench with the extension, put it down there, and I'm like trying to get it all cut. I can't get it going. I can't get it moved. About 30 minutes working to get it moved. So I can't get it moved, can't get it moved. I finally get all this kind of stuff, and I, I get frustrated, and I pull it out, and my socket is now inside where the spark plug is. 
So now I'm freaking out, going, oh my gosh, I can't, now I'm, the tool that I need is down there. So I'm like, okay, not going to break it anymore, not going to break it anymore. I go back to my mechanic. I said, you really thought more of me than I, but I can't drive it because like, I, I think I've got the spark plug, but I, I don't have the coal, alt and whatever, okay? So he's like, well, let me get you a magnet. Well, that, so I'm, he's like, I give him a little magnet, run it down there, can't get it, all that kind of stuff. 30 minutes of trying to magnetize it, okay? Not happening, because it's t- attached to the spark plug. So now I'm doing, I'm going at it, whatever like that, all that kind of stuff. So I, I finally get it out. I'm like, look, that's great. Okay, I'm going to try it again. So, get, so it takes me about 30 minutes, I finally get the spark plug out. We're like two hours in, guys. I've just taken the spark plug out. So then I finally get it, and it says the hand tightness. I'm going to do this, I'm doing this, all kind of stuff. Don't really know. So I kind of get it. I think it's right. I don't know for sure. I got the coal. The coal won't go all the way down. So I'm like, well, I guess I just put that bolt down there. Maybe it'll jam it down, all kind of stuff. And then I start driving. I'm like, it's still skipping. <laughs> it's still misfiring, okay? Now, why do I tell the whole entire story? I promise you, I was like, here, here's the things that I was, I was going through my mind. Just so so we're, I wrote these down because I didn't want you to all feel in any way, shape, or form that I was making this up. One, I was, I was frustrated. Can I get an amen, Katie? I was frustrated, okay? I was calling my kids out there to help me and then yelling at my kids because they couldn't help me and I couldn't even help myself, okay? I was having anxiety because I was like, okay, now, now I, can't, I, I can't get the spark plug back in, so I can't drive it that way, so now I'm going to get a tow truck to tow it up to the mechanic that told me I could do it, all this kind of stuff. And then even one thing that was kind of going through me was all this self-doubt, like, man, I'm stupid, I don't know anything, why can't I change a stupid start, spark plug, like, I'm, I, I'm a big idiot. But all these things were going through my mind, frustration, anxiety, self-doubt, and so I go inside, and Katie's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm mad. Like, I, I should be able to get this spark plug done. And she said, you know what? It's really not a big deal. And I said, I didn't need to hear that right now. Because in the grand scheme of things, guess what? It wasn't that big of a deal. And, 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 and all, my, all my frustration, all my anxiety, all my self-doubt, guess what? It wasn't getting the spark plug out any quicker. And it wasn't putting it back in any quicker, right? It wasn't gonna like it wasn't gonna fix my car any any faster. The more frustrated I got, the more anxious I got, the more self doubt I had. It was not going to fix the problem. And even if I had to get a tow truck, and even if I, somebody had to do something different, whatever like that, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. But in that moment, the last person I was listening to was the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I think the Holy Spirit would have said. Chill out. <laughs> Stop getting angry. Here's what the Holy Spirit would probably say. Do you think you're doing a better job doing it while you're mad? Have you ever tried to fix something while you're mad? You break it more, okay? Uh, do you think this anxiety and, what, and, and, and the thing the Holy Spirit would say, look, chill out, Buchanan, it's okay. Like, I know you think that basically you're going to have to buy a whole new truck because the one spark plug you can get there, it's probably not going to be that bad. The self-doubt, like, you know what, I, I, I'm a big stupid idiot that doesn't know how to do anything. Like, my wife's going to leave me and all this kind of stuff because I can't. <laughs> no, your wife is going to be okay. She's the one telling you to chill out. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? But how many times in our life do we listen to our feelings and our emotions and not the Holy Spirit? I had a conversation with somebody last week, and how many times in our Christian life we just don't feel like it? 
No, Buchanan, I should do this, but I don't feel like it. Okay, our feelings are irrelevant, right? Because it's not about how you feel about something or how much emotions are attached to it. It's about what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and guiding you and directing you and, and, and the wisdom he's given you. That's what we need to lean in. We've got to listen to the right voices, guys. The Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us, but we're too busy freaking out over here. It, it, i, I got to tell you this, okay? Remember, remember in your Old Testament, you know, here, the, here, comes, here comes the lightning and here comes the thunder. Here comes all this kind of stuff. But where was God in that what? Still small voice. Guess what? My, you know what my feelings and my emotions do? They are, they are yelling at the top of their lungs all the time. And the Holy Spirit is trying to say, My feelings and my emotions are going, ah! <laughs> right? We cannot, we cannot listen to our emotions and feelings. We must listen to the Holy Spirit. Number three, and we'll be done. The Holy Spirit's promise. The Holy Spirit's promise. Look in verse 27. Look in verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. This is so important. Give I unto you, not let, your, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard now, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now, looking at verse 27, here, here's what he's saying, like the promise that the Holy Spirit says, look, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving you peace, the peace of God. How much peace are you feeling in your life right now, in your Christian life right now? Because here's what happens. We're trying to find peace in the world. We're trying to find peace in the world. Well, if I buy this thing or I have this relationship or this or that, whatever, then I'll find peace. No, you won't. No troubled heart, no fear. And here's what I want to encourage you about. If, if you're saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning to the Holy Spirit, okay, but if you have a lot of fear and, 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 and trouble and all this kind of stuff, and that's how, how your spirit always is, what you need to understand is that is not, from the standpoint of you leaning into the Holy Spirit, the fact is you're trying to manufacture peace. You're trying to make it up yourself. You cannot manufacture peace. Do you all understand that? You can't manufacture it, Okay. You can't say, well, I'm just going to hum, hum. And because in your, in, in your mind right now, you're going, ah, right? You cannot manufacture peace. I don't know why I've yelled a bunch. Probably people on Facebook are like going, stop. But if there's trouble or fear, if it's there, you're trying to manufacture peace. Because here's the deal. Worldly peace is the absence of conflict. Worldly peace is absence of conflict. That no conflict, that must mean there's peace. But here's the deal. Godly peace is confident assurance in any circumstances. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that, Roger. I'm going to say it again. Worldly peace is the absence of conflict. Godly peace is confident assurance in any circumstance. Because here's the deal about the difference between, between, between true peace and worldly peace. Worldly peace is saying, okay, everything's got to be perfect and wonderful all the time, and I'm at peace. But what godly peace is, is that even though things are difficult and hard, God's still there and present and real in that moment. It's a, it's a confident assurance that, you know what, I can be at peace. My whole entire world may be falling to pieces, but here's the deal, I have peace. 
I have confident assurance that, you know what, the Holy Spirit, God is going to get me through this. God is going to guide me. God is going to direct me. God is going to help me. There's a confident assurance in God. That's godly peace. Worldly peace is just saying, hey, everything's going to be great and wonderful all the time. But when it's not, then we're like, well, where's the peace? You have the peace. It's found in the what? Holy Spirit. Verse 28, verse 28, this is kind of interesting. Verse 28 says, You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would what? Rejoice. Because I said I go into the Father, for my Father is greater than I. The Christian life should bring joy, joy in what Christ has done, and joy in his return. But for them it brought trouble and fear. When in reality it should have brought joy. This is so cool. We're almost done, okay guys? John 10.10. John 10.10. Some of y'all know this verse, and this is like a wow, out open, thank you so much, Jesus. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they, they might have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Now, when we read that, we like the word abundance. Can I get an Amen. We like the word abundance, like, man, this is great. Like, here's, here's, here's what's going. The, the thief, the devil is trying to steal, to kill, and destroy, but he's come to have life, and so I can have it more abundantly. And so what we want is we want abundance in this world. We want abundance in this world. God, give me all these things so I can see your abundance. Give me all this stuff. Stuff, excuse me. But here's what I want to help you with. When he talks about, when he says, I've come to my life and I have it more abundantly, it's not about giving you an abundance of stuff or giving you an abundance of things. Here's what I want to help you all with. When he said, I've come to give you life and more abundantly, he wanted to give you an abundance of himself. An abundance of himself. Like here, what's interesting about this, he wants to give you more of himself, not more stuff in this world. Okay? Does that make sense? Like he wants, I don't know how I'm trying to, I hope you are getting this. But, but so many times we look and say, okay, is God blessing me? Well, the only way I know if God is blessing me is if he's doing this, 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 and this. If he's, if he's doing physical things in my life, then that must mean, man, look how blessed I am. Look how much abundance I have. When in reality, from the standpoint of the success of the Christian life, is how much he has of you. And how fuller you are of him. And how much from the standpoint, the abundance of him that you have in your life. That, that, there's this place to where, okay, he may, not, he may not give me abundance out here, but if he'll just give me a little bit more of him. If I can see him more and greater in my life, then man, that would be something, right? Notice this, and look at this. See if you see any similarities between the verses of verse 27 28 and this final verse I'm about to read. Final verse, and I'm done, guys. Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit, say it with me, the first one is what? Love. Come on, say it with me, is love. The second one is what? Joy. The third one is what? Peace. Now listen, just looking at these verses, just looking at these verses, I see the word love, I see the word joy, from the standpoint of rejoice, okay? Rejoice, joy, all that kind of stuff. And I see the word peace. So everything else, we're trying to manufacture joy, we're trying to manufacture peace, we're trying to manufacture love, when in reality, all of that is just a fruits, fruits of the Spirit. 
You want more joy in your life? It comes to the, or excuse me, you want more love in your life? It comes to the who? The Holy Spirit. You want more joy in your life? Who's it come through? The Holy Spirit. You want more peace in your life? Who's that come through? The Holy Spirit. It is not through this whole thing of, I, I, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to love more, or I'm going to try to have joy more, or I'm going to try to have peace more, because then what happens? It's all about the rules. It's all about the list, right? It's all about, it's all about these, these should, ought, to, all this kind of stuff, when in reality, when it comes to love being the primary, if you love me, keep my commandments, you only find that love through who? The Holy Spirit. And the fruit of those things is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all these things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and through your life. It's not about keeping a list, guys. And the reason why, I don't know if y'all feel this way or not, but the reason why I'm preaching this, and I hope, I hope the, 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 I don't know what word I'm looking for. I hope the, the sense of urgency that's coming out of my, 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 my voice is that, look, the reason why I'm preaching this is because this is where I've been. It was about a supposed to. It was about a list. It was about rules. And here's the thing. There was this holy dissatisfaction in my life because God kept on saying, like, it's, it's almost like I was doing the rules, doing the list, doing the supposed to, and I never found peace. I never found joy. I never found love. And I was like, what's going on? I'm doing all the things you want me to do, God. When in reality, he's saying, it's not about all the things you're doing for me. It's the fact that you're missing me. Come back to me, Buchanan. Look, I'm the one who's going to make the list. I'm the one who's going to tell you when to do it. And all I need you to do is just do what I'm telling you to do. And guess what you'll find? You'll see that there's love in your life. You'll see that there's peace in your life. You'll see there's joy in your life, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, all these kind of things. You'll see those things in your life, but it's not going to come from the standpoint of trying to do it on your own, making a list. It's about falling in love with the Holy Spirit inside of you and allowing the Holy Spirit to work. And to do his thing, like we talked about before, I hope you understand this. Like, love, byproduct, commandments. Okay? It's not commandments that then brings us to more love. No, it's from love, now the byproduct will keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. Everybody stand. Um, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about Okay, Buchanan, honestly, I don't know if I really have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit.